0: You ready? Here we go! All right, everybody. Well, Aaron and Boat hit me up. I wanted to chew, wanted me to fill a little bit of time for Boat Fest. So I wanted to do something a little special that you guys probably haven't done. So we are going to be looking at a very in-depth history of strawberry shortcake... Uh, canes. Well, I, I think there's a typo. on. It. We can go to the next slide here. Just kidding, we're looking at Friday the 13th. <laughs> One of the great, oh, sorry, Strawberry. <laughs> it's just Strawberry. <laughs> okay, to didn't do, didn't do two other. Okay. So, for those of you who don't, uh, if you haven't been following, if you don't follow TSI, the Team Speaker Regulars, Matt's here, Aaron's here, some of the other guys, uh, they all do a Saturday night gaming stream. And uh, so I started doing that for a while. One of the games that they play is Friday the 13th, and it's a really fun game. It's multiplayer. Everybody is a victim or potential victim except for one person who's Jason. There's a lot of chasing and running around. It's a pretty fun game. Uh, Unfortunately, earlier this month, they sent out a message to everyone and said that they have lost the license. Friday the 13th. So even if you've purchased this game on Steam, uh, I don't know what the original price was, $30? Uh, right? Yeah. Something like that. Uh, but uh, A, it has gone on sale immediately for $5. Uh, and B, after next year, it will no longer work. So even if you've bought it, you paid money for it, you have it on Steam, you have it on the PC, the game no longer will work because they have lost the license to the game. However, everybody in this room knows <laughs> we don't have that problem, <laughs> because we don't have to deal with uh, online streaming, online DRM. We, In my life, I've bought uh, a couple dozen games and downloaded uh, a few more. So, But as everybody in this room knows, we all own games that will last forever and ever. They're, they're never going to go bad. So. We are going to talk about Friday the 13th for the Commodore 64, one of my favorite games of all time. It was released in 1986 by Domark Limited. It is a one-player game that uses joystick controls. Uh, A little bit about Domark. Domark uh, was founded in 1984 by two people, Dominic Wheatley and Mark I, When I've said Domark my entire life, Then when I found out one of the guys' name was Dominic, I thought, maybe I've been saying it wrong. (laughs) Maybe it is Domark. I looked it up, I found someone online who said it is Dumark. Uh, So, I did eventually find an interview, and they say Domark. So now I have officially put Domark in my list of words, uh, with uh, "modem," which most of you know stands for modulate, demodulate. So it should be "modem," but uh, <laughs> but we all say it "modem." Uh, and all those people that used to say they were "sysops," who I would have to say you're a "system operator." No, so uh, Domark had a uh, history of publishing games they did not write their own games but they branched out and had other people write their games their first official game was eureka and uh, they wanted to make a splash so they put a phone number at the end of the game and if you beat the game the phone number would appear and you called and you the first person to beat the game won twenty-five thousand pounds so um that was kind of what put them on the map they used that money uh, and said hey if we can do these games maybe we can start getting licenses so they reached out and they got the license for a view to a kill and they made that and then that sold and then they got the license to trivial pursuit now they didn't actually have that license originally but the people who had it said it cannot be made into a computer game there's just not enough storage to put all the questions so they said yes it can and so they made trivial pursuit and sold around two million copies So that really um, made them enough money where they could start uh, buying other licenses. So there is a story where uh, Dominic was at a uh, computer at a trade show and ran into an employee from Atari, found out that they were doing licensing games and said, we want to give you uh, the licenses for all Atari coin op games. And he showed them the price, and he said, we cannot afford that. (laughs) So instead, he said, well, we do have these coin-op games for Star Wars. So, Domark, if you, I'm sure you've seen the uh, uh, re-release of Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, those were all Domark releases. And then the money from that allowed them to make what I consider to be the greatest game of all time. Uh, this is uh, just a little chart of what happened to Domark. <laughs> Domark uh, was around for about 10 years. They were about to file bankruptcy, and so they teamed up with a couple other companies and renamed uh, themselves as IDOS, which, would, if you thought Domark was hard to say, um, <laughs> this is either EDOS, IDOS, or uh, I, anyway, um, so IDOS—they uh, were around for about ten years. Uh, obviously, did Tomb Raider, several other big games. Uh, they were purchased by SCI. There was a bidding war to purchase them. SCI paid seventy-four million uh, for IDOS, uh, and then they had them for not too long. And Square Enix bought uh, SCI's licenses, and I think they paid three hundred million for that. So bigger fishes came in. This is the uh, cassette cover for Friday the 13th. Uh, and this was at a time where, especially in the UK, you could get your game banned from stores uh, if it was too bloody or too violent. So they went subtle with the knife in the eye here <laughs> and the giant pool of blood here. Now, there were actually stores that would not carry this, and so there is another... Uh, alternate version of the cover that's just missing the knife everything else is exactly the same there's also some text over here uh, that tells you some different things one of them it says uh for the optimal gameplay turn the lights out and make sure granny is not in the room so there's (laughs) some advice from the game Uh, they doubled down (laughs) Uh, according to the trivia that's online this was the only mass-produced cartridge game that was done in a red cartridge i'm not sure that that's really true uh, but they they wanted to have this entire theme Uh, also and this is a game that obviously would have been marketed to game playing teenagers They included blood capsules. (laughs) So this would be uh, another fine thing. You know, you you talk to your parents and go to the store, you get the game, you know, you're like, which one do you want? I want the one with the knife and the the guy's eyeball. Uh, (laughs) And then also you get the nice uh, blood capsules to go with that. So they kind of doubled down on that. Uh, This is, uh, again, the title screen. So they took the uh, artwork from the cover. You got the blood, you got the bloody eyeball. Uh, There are... Two goals to the game the first one is to kill Jason on every round and then to kill Jason again and so that's really what the game is about uh, in the game you play camp counselors and so the game pops up and shows you uh, some of the different counselors here uh, you got uh, uh, this guy here with kind of the black lips this dude uh, this is an odd one. This one kind of has some soulless, weird zombie eyes, and her head's kind of the wrong way. Yeah, this one is like this. Just makes me want to pop my neck when I see this one. Um, her eyes are kind of an optical illusion. Like whether you think she's looking right or left or cross-eyed, like you just keep staring. She kind of like she stares through your soul, and then she just kind of looks into it. And another funny thing is in the game, all the characters have. You know, different colored clothing, hair. None of it matches what's in this picture, which not, would not have been like a tough thing to do. Okay. Uh, for those of you that have not seen Friday the 13th movies, this is what Jason Voorhees looks like in Friday the 13th. That is how he appears in this game. This is the uh, alternate wardrobe with no shoes, kind of no feet, really. Uh, The very trendy midriff-showing shirt. (laughs) I was never sure if his arms, if he was just walking like this for some reason, or if that's that. And then kind of that crazy dome now i will i will give the commodore a little bit of of leeway because this is how jason appears in the nintendo version if you're not familiar with this in the uh, lavender shoes the purple jumpsuit and the lavender mask so i mean we didn't necessarily own the rights to bad graphics of jason but uh yeah it's it's not great so again the uh purpose of the game is to go level through level and kill Jason. Uh, all the people that you're playing as are small children or teenagers. They, they are kids attending the camp or camp counselors. Jason is a six and a half foot tall man who disguises himself as the children. So, if this would be kind of what you were not supposed to realize that uh, like this might be Jason. Okay. Uh, So here is uh, kind of what the game looks like whenever you play. Uh, It is a six by four game area that wraps around so you can keep going through screens. Uh, In the game there are also three different buildings. Uh, The church, there's a house, there's a barn and you can go in those and those have uh, either three by three or two by two section of rooms. Uh, There are 10 children which you can see over here. There's already one uh, tombstone here. Uh, and then, obviously, one Jason who is running around. Uh, now, down here, you have some different things. On the far left, the, uh, the girl with the blonde hair, that is the scarometer. So as the game gets more and more scary, which means as you've seen more dead bodies, or also uh, we'll get into something you're not supposed to do, which is go around and kill other children. <laughs> <laughs> the scare meter goes up, and your hair will continue to rise up. Uh, we also have, uh, let's see over here, we have a timer, which is this barbell, that's uh, that's your strength, the barbell that goes down, and the timer is uh, Jason's mask that will slowly uh, fill in over here, and then of course uh, you have the roster of kids, and then whatever weapon, I've already found the chainsaw right here, which is a great thing to leave <laughs> later around the uh, children's camp. Okay. <clears throat> there are also... Lots of different weapons laying around (laughs) the children's camp that they have left. Those are uh, missile weapons that you can throw. You'll find forks, hammers, hatchets, spears. Um, And also, there's kind of an odd thing in this game where once you've picked something up, like if you pick up a fork, you can now throw unlimited forks. Then there's also the uh, like melee type weapons, knives, uh, uh, pitchforks, staffs, machetes, axes, and the chainsaw, which by the way, the chainsaw is not really as good as it sounds. It just kind of looks like a giant key that you, you poke people with. The, the axe is uh, actually the weapon to have. <clears throat> now, as you play the game, these screens will randomly pop up at different times throughout the game. You have the guy getting hit in the head with the machete. And then you also have uh, these skulls that will randomly pop up. Usually they're accompanied with a digitized scream that would appear. So you, you might be walking from one scene to the next. This just pops up. The game screams at you. Uh, and, then, uh, <coughs> uh, and then it continues on. So all that great stuff about this game, why is this not considered by many people to be the greatest game of all time? Uh, first of all, there are some graphic glitches. Sometimes when you uh, attack other people, or you're going to hit the graphics of the character's glitch. Uh, there's a lot of sprite collision problems. Sometimes you can get stuck on different things in the background. People will trap you. Uh, you can sometimes attack people through walls. Sometimes things move through walls. Not great. Um, there's also this really weird revival glitch which uh, doesn't serve a lot of purpose but it's kind of fun once you go around and find a dead body if you get a weapon you could just continually hit the dead body and every time you hit them they will sit up momentarily and go Ugh, like that <laughs> and their tombstone will turn back into the person but if you do it enough times there's some sort of Uh, number generator that rolls back around and so you can actually revive someone by hitting them in the head 50 or 60 times with an axe which is (laughs) kind of a weird logic to follow Um, there's objects that glitch sometimes things come and go and disappear Uh, there are sound glitches and the sound glitches are even worse for some reason with most emulators on the uh, original 64 it sounded a little better but a lot of emulators the music's real scratchy Um, and then the biggest one down here is what we call the Jason reveal glitch. So in the game, (coughs) Jason disguises himself as one of the camp counselors. Uh, If you hit one of the kids uh, with any weapon, they will uh, kind of recoil like that. But if it's Jason, the graphic will change to Jason. So you know that is Jason hiding as one of the kids. So as we played this as a kid, that's exactly how we played the game. You run around, you find everybody, you just hit everybody with an axe, and eventually one of them was Jason. And so then when you do that, you hit him multiple times with the axe, uh, kill Jason, and it moves on. But it turns out that's really not supposed to be how the game works. There's a whole separate thing uh, where there's a cross, and you can move the cross to the church. And then as you touch children, they will run to the church and stand there by the cross, but Jason won't. And so that's how you're supposed to figure out uh, which character is Jason. You're not really supposed to run around and hit all the innocent children with an axe, but it's a way more fun way to play this game. Uh, okay, so this may have to. So, we won't run through a lot of this, but I just want to show just a minute or two of, uh, of the gameplay, uh, what this is like. Of course, they have all the copyright stuff, you know, saying that it's uh, the rights of Paramount. Uh, this gives you the background. It tells you, you know, that you are at the camp. Um, Jason is waiting for you. And it'll show, here's obviously our uh, camp counselors. I forget which one. I think uh, Garrett is who comes up. So he was the guy in the red shirt with the brown hair. But now he's uh, the blonde hair and, and blue shirt. Again, would not have been tough to make those things match. Uh, so, and, um there's me walking around. Uh, I'm in... In the original version, you always start in the church. Now, a lot of the cracked copies that you download will start you in a random spot in the game. So in some versions, you don't always start in the church. But uh, traditionally, that's where you were supposed to start. So I think that was an axe laying around in the church. Um, there's a lot of different music in this game, and it's all triggered by locations. So like when you go near the barn, it starts playing Old MacDonald, Uh, It plays teddy bears picnic whenever you go out into the field There's me hitting people with a chainsaw for some reason in the church no less. That's Not really nice But um, yeah, so this is a lot what the game is like it's running around um, uh, And again, if you're playing it traditionally what you would do is you would go find uh, the crucifix you go take it to the church you you put it here and then you go touch Uh, The characters and they go there and they stand there like frozen whenever they go find it Uh, So that is one way to tell who's not Jason. The other one is just to start Chainsawing people right? Yeah, which is again way more fun. Okay, see if you can Okay, so you probably have to maybe hit stop on that from playing And then move or hit maybe hit down Oh, there we go, there we go. So, what did magazines think of the world's greatest game? Well, (laughs) Commodore Force gave it a 9% out of 100. Commodore User gave it a one out of five rating. Um, Let's see, Zap gave it 13%, but a lot of times Zap will revisit games, and so the second time in 92, they came back and they gave it only uh, 8%. Uh, Your Commodore did give it seven out of 10, Uh, But that was a review of the budget release. So the reason that they rated it so high was they said because they had only paid $8 for the game. Um, So Friday the 13th was pretty much destined to be forgotten uh, until these guys came along. There were a couple of programmers, uh, and they worked under a, a, uh, a name called Flandertainment. Obviously, those are Flanders kids. And they took the entire original game, which was released in 1986, and rewrote more or less the entire game. They deconstructed all the code, they fixed all the problems, and they added dozens and dozens of new features to basically make it not only almost a different game, but a much, much better game, and they released it as Sunday the 15th. Not going to read this, but these are some of the changes that they made in the game. So uh, they added random, they're like there's problems with the random number generator. They fixed that. They made Jason faster. They changed um, uh, the, uh, his, the distance for him, you know, all these different things. So they really went in and, and uh, added it and made it a lot more fun game. These are also some of the bug fixes that were in the original, if you purchased it, (laughs) that they went in and uh, fixed it. You can see, like, um, uh, there's a bug where if you, like, throw a spear at a child, which is a strange sentence now that that just came out of my mouth. Um, uh, If you throw it, it will, have like, do a certain amount of damage. But uh, there's a bug where if you throw it and then drop the weapon... But it's still flying over there. It messes up the hit counter. So you can do like instant uh, kills. So, yeah. So if you listen to Sprite Castle, you know there's a part of the show where I talk about my childhood memories of playing games. So I never saw Friday the 13th for sale here in the U.S. Usually if you look online and see it's mostly U.K. releases uh, that you'll find. But it is a game that... I got from downloading random games. And so uh, this is, uh, I didn't, I should have introduced, this is my buddy Jeff. So if you guys uh, listen to the stream and you see Steel Rat come in there, I'm always talking to, or if you've listened to Sprite Castle on almost every episode, I say, my buddy Jeff, this is Jeff. And so. (laughs) uh, Jeff and I, I had a, uh, my dad, when I was a kid, we had a TRS-80, Model 3, Uh, we sold that, I moved to an Apple II, and then uh, when I was around sixth grade, I started meeting people who had Commodore 64s. So I met Jeff in seventh grade. Not only did he have a Commodore 64, but he had a Commodore 64 in his bedroom, which I thought was the coolest thing. So I told my parents, I want a Commodore 64 in my bedroom. So we started downloading all these games, and one of the games that we found was Friday the 13th. Now, my parents didn't let us watch a lot of horror movies when I was younger. Jeff's mom, I think, probably encouraged us. Yes. <laughs> I remember going to Jeff's house and going, I'm not sure I'm supposed to watch this movie. Um, and so we got Friday the 13th, and so we started playing it. Oh, go back for a second. Sorry. So we started playing the Friday the 13th and then we started, because it had all these digital screams and things like that, we thought, how can we make this scarier? So oh, there you go, (laughs) there's my memories. (laughs) Uh, So what we decided to do was take this blanket and sit in front of the computer as close as we could and take the blanket and wrap it over our heads and over the monitor. So it's just us in this little cave with the (laughs) Commodore and this monitor. And of course, then the screams would, you know, I would scream and, you know, we would kind of pretend to be scared. And it was kind of this fun thing. Apparently, and and of course, it it also says in the instructions, you should turn the game volume up so that the screams uh, will scare you. So as we were doing this, apparently we had it loud enough that Jeff's dad... Hurt us. Came in Jeff's bedroom as we were sitting here like two morons, huddled together with a blanket over us and over the monitor, and thought it would be funny to come up behind us and conk our heads together. (laughs) So I can tell you I was sitting on the right, because I may still have a lump uh, on this side over here. But uh, yeah, uh, we we definitely spent a lot of time playing Friday the 13th. It it was uh, uh, definitely one of those games that we would go back to over and over. If you want to own a copy of Friday the 13th, Most of the ones you'll find are U.K. Uh, it's not necessarily a cheap game. These are ones that sold. This one was uh, 76 dollars. This one was 51 dollars plus 30 something shipping because you'd have to order it over there. And I don't know those look complete, but I don't know if the blood capsules are still in there or if they would still be good at this point. Okay. And uh, so. At the end of the show, I like to rate the games. So Friday the 13th, for graphics grabbing seven out of seven bloody skulls. Look at this. Look how great this game is. Seven. You got digitized screams. You got music. Seven out of seven. Uh, gameplay. I mean, really, it's just getting weapons and hacking up people all the time. Seven out of seven. I did not do that. Overall, seven out of seven. Friday the 13th for Commodore 64 is a perfect game, uh, and it gets a perfect score on Sprite Castle. <laughs> okay so anyway that is uh friday the 13th this is i don't know if you can see this the these are links to website twitch twitter all these things if you want to find any of that you can go to um robohara.com forward slash links uh and it and it has all that so Question. yes sir what would you rate for those individual ratings on the original version for a patch um i mean in some ways it's better <laughs> because it's so, it's almost like a B movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it might be eight, eight, machetes to the head out of eight. So I think, it's, yeah, it's even better than the patched one. <laughs> so anyway, uh, if you, obviously, we've only got a few more hours here, but uh, make sure that you uh, make the rounds, play everything if you want. Maybe we'll get Friday the 13th running up uh, over there on the SX64. So there you go. Thank All right. Next year, strawberry shortcake. I will. Uh, I'll get back huh? around.